Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. The first temptation when you have to speak, well, you don't have to. Well, the way the structure is, you speak twice. You speak in the morning, you speak in the afternoon. So I have to think about not saying good morning, but saying good afternoon. So good afternoon, everyone. Yes. And uh, welcome to Whole Life Church. You know that's where you are, right? I, I teach, and sometimes when uh, students come in my class late, I usually tell them that I teach business and accounting, and I tell them this is uh, English composition. And some of them will run out and say, oh, no. And I, for the first time, I had a student walk in, and I told her that, and she stopped. And she was going to walk out, and she says, no, it's not. And I was curious. I said, why did you, what changed because you didn't go out? She said, because I read the information on the door. I said, oh, you're a reader. And she kind of smiled. And that was the first time where I had someone second-guess themselves when they had read and then recovered and said, you know what? I'm in the right place. How do you know? Because I read the information on the door. And that's kind of what's going to happen today. I'm going to give you, make sure we can see it, I'm going to give you, before we start, there's a slowing session. You may have heard Jordan Soliday a couple Sabbaths or Saturdays ago, and he talked about it. He is the person, the president over the Slowing Institute, and we, well, he's my son-in-law. I might as well reveal that. And uh, we both are guides over this institution. He's going to, we will be doing a session today from three to five. Yes, it is a 12-person session. I think we've had six and had two that couldn't come. So I am inviting you, those who come, it's only 12, but you know how that works. If a few more come, we work it, but they're 12. And I invite you to come out three to five and maybe learn about slowing. And that doesn't mean physically moping around, but sometimes mentally and emotionally slowing down to be present so that you can experience a fullness. So that's what we're going to ask if you are interested. It's three to five in room 101 today. Now I'd ask if you will join me in a word of, of prayer today. There we go. Father, thank you for who you are, for your greatness, and thank you for not being in the boxes that we try to put you in, but flexing and letting us know that you have capacity beyond our imagination. I ask that you will connect us all through your spirit as we listen to your words today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, we have our text for today, which you read. Would you read it with me today? It should be on the back here. Let's read it together. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. 
So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves. And some are free. Interesting. And the rest goes, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. I've read that. I happen to have grown up in a church setting. So I've read that at many phases of my life. The earlier phases of my life didn't make a whole lot of sense. The middle phase of my life, eh, it's like slave, as you can see. I, that, and now in the older part of my life, I'm like, he, Paul was not talking about any of that. He was really talking about diversity and the benefits that come with it when we all are baptized in one spirit. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. Our title, We Are Family, Rise to Awareness. The title came about because initially we were going to put something in there that spoke about marginalization. When you hear that word, raise your hand if you're like, what's getting ready to happen with that word? Raise your hand if you're like, marginalization? Uh, might have to tune out on that. So we thought about it and said, let's go with awareness. Because awareness has a broader scope. So I am going to ask you where you can and if you can, stand up. If you can stand, if not, stay seated. But if you can stand, stand up for me. And what I want you to do, two things. I remember my wife says, you say two and then you do three. I'm going to do two. The first one is, I'm going to ask you, look around the crowd, and I want you not to do it fast, but slowly kind of turn and assess the people. That's the first thing. Just, just look at people. Take a moment. Okay, good, good. Now, the second thing I want you to do is, now listen to this. If your only language that you speak fluently is English, you may be seated. Now I want you who are seated to look around. You may be seated. What I wanted to demonstrate is that our diversity comes not only in what we can see, but even if we can't see it, it still exists. The question is, what do we do with a diverse church like this? What is it that we do with it? Do we just admire and quote and hear people say, whole life is a very diverse church? Well, look at the crowd. I think it's a little bit more than just being a diverse church. I think as the scripture has structured it's about getting to know the people. And we talk about family. So tell me, what are some qualities that a family that you've been in have? Some qualities that families have. What's some qualities a family have? Share with me. Love. Trust. Acceptance. Give me two more. 
Ooh, we're getting it all at the same time. Give me, let me say it again. Diversity. Diversity and sacrifice. Okay, you, we may not agree on all of it, but those are the terms we've heard. So now we at Whole Life say we are family. So if we say that, then those components have to exist. I'm not sure if they always do, because in a family, you seek out support. If you don't understand something, you'll go to a family member and you'll ask them, can you help me? I want you to think about it. Do you do that in church? We just saw people who stay standing who speak different languages. If you are in a situation where you needed to understand someone who spoke a different language, do you think, I should call somebody in my church family? Do you even have them on your speed dial? Ah, don't answer. But I do want you to think about the diversity and what makes us common. Why in all of this diversity are we common? What's our common denominator? What draws us? Jesus, the spirit. So when there is that doesn't exist, then our diversity is all over the place. Our diversity is a benefit when we both know that we share the same Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? So that you can dissolve all the difference. I mean, the disciples were a motley crew. And boy, I'm sure they had a lot of discourse. But they came together. Why? Because who was in the center of their, of their life? There you go. Well, I'm not going to continue because one of my daughters, she said, Dad, are you anxious? I said, of course. You know, every time I get up here, I'm anxious. She said, I want to tell you something. A story always works. Nobody's going to want to hear you talk on and on and on. So tell a story, and that's going to save you. And uh, I, I, I listen most of the time to, the, to my family. So I am going to share that with you. What I have come to recognize for the story is I want you to see that in this diversity, we all have different points of view. I can guarantee you in this big old church, all that word cloud shows, I bet you we at least have six different interpretations about that. And I bet you we could go at it. But the beauty is if we stop and say, okay, God, how can we lean in and listen and understand? We might just appreciate the different points of view in a way that will help us become a stronger family. So here's the story. Well, an analogy. What if we looked at our church like a big bowl of fruit? People are saying, well, what do you mean? Well, typically you hear people say the United States is a melting pot. Have you heard that? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Yes. And I'm going to poke at that. So it's a melting pot. Has anybody ever had fondue? Yeah. And they may put various cheeses in the fondue. Can you really tell what's sharp, what's Swiss when it's finished in fondue? No. So not that fondue is bad, but you've lost all of the diversity of the cheese. You've made it one thing. It's very homogenous. I suggest that there's always a benefit from uh, a cheese board. You get to choose all kinds of things and you get to taste them. Well, let's keep the example and go with fruit. Now look at this fruit. What are at least two things you could do with the variety of fruit that you see? 
You can make a pie. Okay, well, three. Pie, what else? <laughs> Smoothies. Banana pudding. So I see where we're going with this. I set myself up. And you could do all of that. The one I think about is a fruit salad or a smoothie. For now. Pie is good too. And a smoothie, do... Why would I do a smoothie over a fruit salad? What do you say? More refreshing. So you, you feel that a smoothie for some is more refreshing. Time, expedience. We want to get to a See, that's why you should come to the slowing session. Everybody wants to, we, we, we are focused people. Get through it, put it all in, I get the same benefit. Well, I'm like, that's similar to the relationship in the church. How many times do you see somebody and you get home and say, honey, I really needed, I really wanted to speak to that person, but I didn't. That's a smoothie approach. You came to church, you sat down, you saw them from afar, and you went on out and went back home. Preparing a fruit salad is a little more messier. And someone looked at me and said, messier? Yeah. I mean, when you're cutting fruit, it's squirting everywhere, depending on the fruit you use. But what's the benefit of a refreshing fruit salad? What's some benefits different than a smoothie? Taste. What about the taste? What's the taste? You get to taste the fruit itself. So think about the congregation. What if we took from time to time, neither one is bad or good, but from time to time, what if you took a fruit salad approach and our family at church where you got to benefit from the various textures and flavors and diverse thinking? Not to just share your thoughts with someone, but to actually to listen. Just to sit down and just listen to someone else and get to know their story. So here, when you are making a smoothie, you do see the fruit and its difference. But when you're finished, it's pretty blended up. It's refreshing, but I can't necessarily say you're going to taste all the elements as you do in a, a fruit salad. And that's at the end of a fruit salad. Look out. That looks refreshing to me. I need to pull one out but I don't have one right now. I'd ask you another question. As we think about the analogy between fruit salad and our congregation, how many people, when you use apples, pears, fruit of that substance, what's the risk? Browning. So tell me, what's a secret to avoid browning? Yes. So think about that. There are... <laughs> times where in our congregation we might experience some browning <laughs> but there is the holy spirit that can be lemon juice and bring back some refreshment the commonality so think about that before you jump on somebody from a religious perspective that has a different view than you maybe you step back and do a little lemon juice and maybe the browning that you thought you see won't even exist the same way how, how about trying that you think we could do that I'm not sure. Well, I will say this. What does all of that mean? Use the great analogy. Now, hopefully, when you hit your blender, you will go, man, you think about diversity in your church family. Or when you go to the store, you say, you know what? I don't usually have time, but I think after hearing it, I will make me a fruit salad with the fruit I like and just take in the experience. 
But how can we do that really in life? How can we practice that? Well, I'm going to share with you this text. Read it with me. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. In your best and perfect self, you are your worst self. Because without Jesus, you can't be your best self. So what do you mean? Well, here's what I mean. Have you ever gone to work and you looked at somebody and they didn't agree with you or gone to school, they didn't agree with you? And your first thought is, I'm going to tell them exactly where they've gone wrong. Or, shoot, I wish I had enough guts. It's my boss, but I sure would give him a piece of my mind if I could. How many of you have done something different by saying, they are created in the image of God. Therefore, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to listen and I'm going to love them. I'm going to ask you, how many of you stand up if that has ever been your approach where you get someone difficult and you go, they're created in the image of God. Therefore, I'm going to reevaluate. I'm not able to do that. That's not saying that I'm the standard, but I question what would happen, though, if you did that ever so often? When I say the image of God, what picture do you have when you hear, when you say in your mind with someone who may not be on the same page with you, they are created in the image of God, what happens? What do you think? Tell me, what do you think? When you say that, what do you experience? Okay, so we don't believe that. Let's do it again. Image of God. What's created in your mind when you hear the term image of God? What is an image of God? Freedom. Life. God-like. So, relations. So, someone says, you get angry with somebody and you say, they're God-like. You might cough after that. You're like, they're not God-like. But they are. <laughs> because God created all of us. Question is, is why are we different if he created us? Must be a purpose to it. This is my commandment. Read this with me. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. I heard it today in the, uh, our Sabbath school class, and I've always made fun of it. One of my uh, guy sons, you know, the question is, what is Jesus? And the usually answer is, Jesus is love. And you, we always say that's so simplistic. He's more than that. But really, is he? Is love so simplistic that we gloss over it? You know how we say, I love, I love when you cook something. I love the outfit you're wearing. I love your shoes. Have we minimized love to a point when we hear Jesus' love, it's minimal too? Have we done that? Or can we truly say God's love is active? So when I'm good, when I'm bad, when I'm indifferent, he still loves me. And he's asking, what is he asking? He's asking you to practice his love. So here we go. You didn't choose me, I chose you. 
Isn't that interesting? All this time, I thought I chose God. I thought that I chose God and that I was in control. And lo and behold, not true. God chose me. God chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Okay, there it is. Love each other. So the first text in the King James, it's abide in me as I have abided in you. For Christ to abide, abide in you, you have to receive him. You literally have to say, God, I welcome you. I accept the invitation. And then allow yourself to abide in him. And I guarantee you, there is no way that you will not love others if he's abiding in you. Now, that is an organic process. It comes and goes. And that's how good God is. There will come a time when he will take us with us. Until then, he wants the dependency. He wants relationship. So when you look around in this crowd, we are successful because we build relationships, Richard. Even sometimes when we don't want to. You do risk analysis. You look at somebody and you say, you know what, I've looked at you. And they don't know it. And I've determined you are this kind of person. And have you ever heard someone say, after they have allowed you to tell your story or experience you, have you ever someone said, you're nothing like what I thought. So all this time, you were processing a relationship by yourself. You never said anything or talked to the other person. And all this time, you conjured up all this. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes what you conjured up does happen to be true. But you still don't know until you affirm. And the way to affirm is active. Awareness is nothing without activity. So rise to awareness means get active. Involve yourself. Lean in. So I love this. I love this one where it says, we'll stay here, where it says, I have chosen you. There's a professor, he's since passed away, William Barclay. He does commentaries. I enjoy him. He makes them for the simple person. I look at myself as sometimes being simple. No comments. <laughs> and it says, we are chosen. He chose us for joy. We always talk about that joy. What does that mean? Well, it, what it means is, we are sinners, but we're redeemed, and there's joy in being redeemed. So it's contradictory when you move around because you're redeemed. So it should be joyous because God has a plan for you beyond this place. We are chosen for love, love ourselves, love God, love others. We are chosen to be his friend. What power is there in friendship? Even our motto says, loving people how? Oh, we're going to work on that family. We're going to help each other. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are whole life. We are chosen to be his partners, a partnership. He wants to actively involve us in his ministry. We are to be ambassadors. Does anybody know what an ambassador is or what an ambassador does? What does an ambassador do? Repre Say it again. 
So I, God wants me to be an ambassador, so he's asking me to represent who? What an honor, what a privilege. He wants me to be an ambassador, but I have to constantly have training because there are times where you may look at me and say, you are not being an representing Jesus when you do that. I say, yeah, I'm still a work in process, though. Don't give up on me. He wants us to be advertisements. Advent Health has a lot of them on the freeways, and when you read them, they say how good you are. So God wants us to be advertisements. Do people see you and want to know God? That's a rhetorical question, but think about it. Do people see you and want to know God? Young people sometimes think that doesn't offend me. I don't want to know about God until I'm like 50. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Your best years are then. 50 is good, but 21 and you know Jesus, boy, you've got a lot more energy than you do at 50, I tell you. And most of all, we should take advantage of privilege. I want to end at that because in this world of diversity and where we're going, there's so many different messages. And one message that we usually hear, some of you, depending on what space you're in, is what they say, white privilege. And it, to me, that's just like a shackle. If you want to shackle a white person, just run up to them and say, you are not exercising your white privilege. Ooh, boy, you'll see them either shrink or rise up out of frustration. But I, I'm going to challenge that now. Don't worry about that. As a member of this body, you are privileged to be a part of God's family. So are you exercising a more lofty privilege, which is really servitude and engagement and leaning in, giving of yourself that others may know who you represent? You know, people, I'm old, but they used to say, who you repping? That's the same thing as saying, who do you represent? And in this case, I hope I can say I represent Jesus. And that's not always easy. There are times when you will do things and the world will reject you and reject you and reject you. But isn't it great when you can feel the internal love of the spirit and people look at you and say, Melanie, how do you do it? And you say, because I love Jesus. And they go, huh? And you begin to tell them about your experience. And from that, they see the story and they say, I want to know him. You didn't break out a Bible text. You didn't break out a track. You just told your story. And that's the church that we want to be, open to hear other stories. So I challenge you by ending with this. Stand up one more time. I know. That's to wake up some people as we get ready to close, I'm be honest. And now I want you to look around and look at somebody who before this quarter is over, you're going you're gonna to want to hear their story and just listen. You don't have to exchange different views. Just listen and at the end say thank you. Also, if there's something that you might need, look at someone and say, you know what? This is my family. I need a little support. I'm going to check to see if they are right family. And sometimes family tells you, mm, I can't support you, but this is what I can do. So let's be open. You can be seated. So I suggest this is what we look at. This is what we look like with this kind of church. We've got all sorts of talent here, be it 
those who love, those who have the talent of hospitality, and so many others. But you won't know if you don't lean in and get to know the people. So I challenge you. I met few, uh, some new people today. Wagner, one of the guitarists. And then I turned around and met his wife, Angela, and his two kids. And I was like, wow, I'm going to be better now. Now, I work with names by having experiences. So you give me a three shots, and usually on the fourth when I get it because I've talked enough, okay? So this is what I challenge you to do. Go out, listen, and love. Represent Jesus and what you do. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Thank you. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.